You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Actor Peter Bergman is an undisputed master of one particular corner of the acting world, the soaps. For 10 years, starting in 1979, he played Cliff Warner, the legendary good guy doctor, on All My Children. Even if you've never seen a soap opera, you've heard this. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. After a headline-grabbing firing from All My Children, you'll hear more about that coming up. Bergman took on another of the most durable characters in the history of television. Jack Abbott on The Young and the Restless. It does matter. It's the role he still plays today, 30 years later. I want answers! Where Dr. Warner was a heartthrob good guy, Jack is deliciously complex. He's perpetually trying to live up to his father, cosmetics tycoon John Abbott, perpetually battling rival makeup baron Victor Newman. The gods will side with me perpetually remarrying Nikki Newman, Victor's ex. I'm trying to be civil. It's soap perfection. I should know, I too am a soap opera veteran. This is me in the early 80s on NBC's The Doctors. Tell them you forgot something. Lie. I have forgotten something. What's that? What it's like to make love to you. Couple years after that, I died. Jack Abbott, despite numerous threats to his life and fortune, is still going strong, the star of the show even. And that says something, because when I started, it was the mature characters who got the juiciest stories. But now, with few exceptions, it's the younger generation who are the stars of the show. Well, I have been both, both the young and the old, and uh, I now call it the young and the rest of us. Um, You uh, had your time. Well, I'm very lucky. I am still in a prominent place uh, in this company, and there are uh, uh, people behind me who are very unhappy to be behind me. Uh, I know that. Well, I mean, obviously, you and I have daytime TV in common. Right. This one guy, David O'Brien, played my father, mm-hmm. and he said to me, uh, he said, don't mock the material. He said, don't make fun of it. He goes, that's not going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Try to make it work. Yeah. Don't send it up and yeah. bitch or, about or it. Or if you're going to do it, do it first thing in the morning. Let's get all our laughs out early and and uh, and play the absurdity of it all. And then let's all get together and see how good we can make this. Yeah. we got to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, you were born in Cuba? 
I was born in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Right. That's the, you know, Latin machismo thing that you yeah. see right away. So, you, I, I, I always yeah. make you, I mistake you for Julio yeah. Iglesias exactly. constantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did your dad do? My dad was in the Navy, a career Navy man. And we moved every two years of my life for what seemed like my entire life. So you went to Guantanamo for uh, very long. We were in Guantanamo for probably four months. But I, strangely enough, I love Cuban music. I love Cuban food. I, I have a certain fascination and have not yet been. Did you grow up primarily where? Was there one place that he settled for a while? So uh, by the time I was in ninth grade, we settled in Camp Springs, Maryland, outside of Washington, D.C., near, near Andrews Air Force Base. And Annapolis. Where, yeah, and, yeah, well, yes, exactly. Yeah. And moving every couple of years is, a, is an odd thing. You probably uh, talk to plenty of actors who, who are from the military or from, mm -hmm. from uh, foreign service or things like that. Uh, every couple of years you move and, well, let's figure out what we got to do here. Who do I have to be for this group? And uh, I was popular in the last place. Did you go to public and, school? And I went to public schools. Yeah, went to public and did, schools. Were, did you have time. a drama bug there? Were you a movie No, I, I sang in a band for a couple of years, uh, you know, rock and roll cover stuff and played dances and things like that. So I had some nerve, um, but uh, not, not any great talent for that. I certainly liked my television. I watched old movies occasionally, but not with the kind of fervor that, uh, that a lot of people watched yeah. it and all And that was with. a map for where you wanted to go. I didn't have a map. Uh, strangely enough, if there was an allegory for kind of my life in general, you know, the first couple of homes you bought, you thought, oh, my God, how am I ever, ever going to afford this? Yeah. How am I ever going to make this work? I, 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 and, and, and somehow it works out. And then you go get another house and you yeah. think, I'm never going to be able to afford out. this one either. And yeah. you figure it out. The drama bug, strangely enough, was an almost an accident. I was hanging out after school, 11th grade. Maryland. Uh, yes, 11th grade. And there was a, a girl auditioning for the school play. And I hung out after school uh, with Margot trying to get her attention. She saw right through me. I was kind of popular and this was not, uh, I was not a normal person to show up at auditions in the theater department. <laughs> and, uh, and so I asked, what, what are we uh, uh, auditioning for? She said, it's Peter Pan. Well, I, I knew this thing inside out, the Cyril Richard thing with Mary right. Martin was part of growing up. Right. And uh, it went at my age, I'm a little older than you are. And it showed every year and I was yeah. parked in front of that thing. And I Who's just- the uh, meanest uh, of all, Captain? Uh, look, there you are. Uh, so so there was a, a form to fill out, part reading for, and Margot uh, uh, handed it in. And when she handed it in, she stopped and wrote, Captain Hook. Only Captain Hook. I learned this much later. Were you Captain Hook? I was. <laughs> well, well, it was a long process. It's, it's because of Mr. Darling at the beginning, it's the largest role in the play, even bigger than Peter Pan, I mean, in terms of dialogue. And here you have a high school drama teacher who has his group, the people he can count on. He knows who's probably going to play Captain Hook, who's probably going to play Peter Pan. And in comes this guy who is just... Green. Uh, I just, I had nothing to lose. I just didn't care. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. So and did I, that launch more so, school plays? Yes, it did. It did. It got. It, it got me. It then. got me going. I was. I was a pretty lost kid. Um, yeah, uh, pretty lost. Um, uh, no, the, the, no, was the moving around a part of that? I think that was a big part of it. I just want to have a home. Yeah, There's a lot to some that. Of it. Uh, you, you know. Uh, Going back to, to my, my audition, um, mine was an endless process that included um, the, uh, I, I learned later, uh, the head of the drama department, Mr. Messina, just passed away last year, uh, went to the teacher's lounge and said, oh, I got this weird thing going on. I got this guy who keeps coming in and auditioning really, really well. I, I haven't even heard of him. Well, who? Uh, Peter Bergman. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. He's, he's, uh, he's kind of all over the place. Um, and then I, I went in there and the last night I had to read how still the night is. Nothing sounds alive. Now is the hour when all children in their homes are abed, their lips bright brown with the good night chocolate, their tongues drowsily searching for belated crumbs housed emptily in their swollen cheeks. 
I'm in 11th grade. This is the coolest thing I have ever read in my life. Yeah. What a thing to develop a passion for that language then. Oh, because when I was in high school, I did a high school play. We did Mr. Roberts and the drama coach said to me, ask some of your friends on the football team if they want to come do Mr. Roberts or whatever. And I was half in, half out. I didn't really care. But for you, when you leave home, you go to New York. After high school, um, I go to community college nearby for a year and a half. I studied what? English. uh, And they were auditioning for a play. And I was, uh, uh, I won a Best Actor Award uh, at a time. Another school was doing a show called Celebration. And the guy was so much better than I was. And I won. And it drove me crazy. Really? He was so good. Why do you think he won? Did he look like a cadaver? Was he not a, a good-looking guy? I, I don't know. He was, right. he, he, was, was he was great. So I'm at, I'm at community college, and there's a poster um, for auditions for Celebration. I can make this right. I can be better than he was in the same role. I did you? And I did. And how I were did, you? and and uh, and it worked out pretty well for me. It really did. While in that uh, 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 play, uh, my uh, one of the castmates, a fellow I had just met, uh, who became a lifelong friend, Tim Van Pelt, uh, was playing another role, and he was going to New York to audition for the American, American Academy. Academy of Dramatic Arts. Yeah. And I had no aspirations, no plans, no anything. I said, "You just wanted uh, to be better than that other guy." I just wanted to be better than that other guy. <laughs> was looking over my shoulder the whole time. Uh, I got to New York with two audition pieces. One was from Chekhov's The Boar. And I had quickly, it, it, they'd sent an audition book and I looked through the ones and I liked the words of the Chekhov The Boar. It was regal and stentorious and, and, uh, and uh, full of charm and dignity. And I finished my audition and uh, the, the fellow who was running the auditions, who was one of the, the big shots at the school, um, said, okay, um, uh, very nice, can sit down. Um, so did you get a chance to read the play he said, yeah, this guy is the boar. He's, he's a beast. He's a dreadful, yeah, dreadful he's person. George Sanders. He's <laughs> George Sanders, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, uh, he was able to overlook that. But it, it, but it kind of marks um, uh, the beginning of my cheating to get there. The foundation of your career? The foundation of foundation? my career is false and, and ugly. But he lets you in. He let me in because uh, I was, I think, honest with him. And he maybe saw something in my, my thing. And I was a, a tall, straight white guy. Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, so, yes, I spent two years there. And uh, in that time, uh, 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 got to play many roles Again, because I was a tall, straight guy, yeah. and and they gave me a lot, of, a lot of the really plum roles, and I started to take it seriously, but still not seriously enough. I was I, a lot of a lot came too easily to me. Mm-hmm. A lot came too easily to me. Did you think uh, at any time that this wasn't? Enough, because like, I know that when I went into it, I thought, people said to me, why didn't you study this? I went to GW for political science for three years full time. And people said to me, why don't you, why didn't you study drama? And I thought, oh God, what a waste of my parents' money, a degree in theater. What's, that's useless. Did you think the same thing? No, no, I, I, I didn't. I honestly was just lazy. I, I, I just was lazy and I'm embarrassed to say that. And, uh, and, and I've spent the second half of my life catching up with all of that, you right. know, making, making right all of those things. Uh, so, so again, I'm faking my way through. And in that time, I, I met the woman who was to be my wife then, Christine Ebersole. Of course. Who has uh, quite the Broadway career. And Christine and I were together for, for five years, still good friends. And I'm very grateful. I was married to a lovely, lovely You met her when I you were at American Academy? Met, met her at the American Academy. She was upstairs playing uh, Joni Mitchell on one of the pianos. And I'm a big Joni Mitchell fan. And I just... Uh, love the sound of that that was coming out of that room, and then the how door, soon after you the, left American Academy did you get married? Another year, yeah, a year, a year out. Both very of us, young. both of us unemployed, um, uh, living uh, where? Living uh, on the Upper East Side, eighty second between First and York, and uh, and Christine's career took off well before mine, right. and. All of what I told you in the lack of preparation and the inability to take seriously enough that this is a choice that people make, that people make 
big sacrifices for this. I'd heard all of this talk and everything. I just wanted to be a working actor, you know, and, uh, uh, whatever, you know. Um, and it didn't happen for me. And I found out I wasn't terribly good at hustling, wasn't terribly good at getting out there and just knocking doors down yeah. to make it all happen. Pushing. I waited a lot of tables. Can and you name a place that was like your your house? You know, I was a waiter at Studio 54. Oh, okay. So they were closing so, down. So, so I worked at a few places. Sign of the Dove. Oh, was, I, was, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I, I worked there. For, I did Garadon service and yeah. all of that business. And then um, I finished my waiting career at Rusty's, uh, Rusty Staub's joint on 3rd <laughs> Avenue. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. When you talk about yeah. New York, when you talk about New York then, I get to New York in 1979. And Studio 54 is over. No one's right, going yeah, there. I was yeah, a right. waiter. You know, the, the bus boys were the ones that wore the, the, wore the kind of Roman slave <laughs> yes. boy outfits with the little short shorts and no shirts. And right, they were all right. muscled up and right. greased up. And I would go there and uh, we'd ice the place and clean all the glass. Everything was ready. And I turned to this one. And all the waiters were male models. They were all gorgeous and not always young. Some of them were like 35. I mean, for me, that was older. I was 22. And I'd sit there and they were the loveliest guys. They treated me like I was their kid brother. And I said, I was, and the music is playing and nobody's there. It's empty. And it's <laughs> nine o'clock. We've been there since 6.30 and we're cleaning everything and I'm stocking everything. And I go, what do we do now? <laughs> it's like a child. I go, well, what do we do now? And they go, what do we do now? And they go, all pour drinks. And we do lines of Coke on the bar. We're all dancing on the club. I'll tell we, you what we do well, now. I'll show you what we do now. And it was the craziest, dumbest thing. But that thing of waiting in New York, I mean, I did that for a while. I do too. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quick to say, I liked waiting tables. It was performing. It was it was finding it was out whether they were looking for a butler to come to the table or they were looking for a charming fellow to just knock their socks off. Now, when you and when you're there at the the um, you're waiting, you're there. You were involved in some theater company. You I was indeed. The it, it, it wasn't. It, I was indeed. You know, uh, so. so on one hand, if you don't mind my saying so, it sounds contradictory. You're not very ambitious, and you're not very. Uh, uh, you know, driving yourself, but you form a theater company. Well, yes. So life was catching up with me. So uh, you could only fake it so long. And I was learning that quickly. And I, as I watched Christine's career start to take off, I, I started seeing that, that uh, some investment is really important here. And, uh, and I started studying with uh, a fellow named Bob Smith, a very famous uh, a Shakespeare scholar uh, who uh, worked Stratford for a very long time. Had you done and, much Shakespeare and, and, before that? And I had done a bit at school, and uh, and, and it was language that I liked and mm -hmm. worked for me. Uh, that went on for some time well into all my children. And then I was well, one of the heads of the company and putting all my children money into these productions that we were doing. So, so the two overlaps. So they overlapped. She yeah, started the, the theater the, company the, when? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 1979. You started All My Children. Right? 1979. Um, I, I actually, uh, I got the job at All My Children from Rusty's, and I was so proud of myself, I gave them a two-week notice. I worked with plenty of people who the day they got the job, they were gone the next day. And I was so proud of myself, I gave them a two-week notice and uh, left in some glory to this job. And then I get to All My Children, and the audition story, again, supports this thing we keep talking about. you got to be prepared for these things. you yeah. got to, you know. I had three auditions that day. I had a commercial audition in the morning. Everybody looked just like I did. And I walked in there, and it was, you know, I had, I had to wear a suit. It was summertime. It was... Uh, um, I went from that back to the York Theater, where I had been yesterday reading a new Tennessee Williams play called Vieux Carré, directed by uh, uh, Jose Quintero. Okay, there we go. So uh, I read the play the day before. I went back there uh, and spent a couple hours uh, working on the sides for what I was auditioning for. You had to read it all backstage. And I stepped out on the stage and... Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Just um, right out of the gate, I was just horrible. It was ju just, <laughs> just I lost my place. And uh, and a very sweet voice from the audience said, "Thank you." Yeah. And I left, and I went back to my apartment, so disconsolate. I was ha having growing concerns that I was not cut out for right this. Idea. This was not the right idea. I'm not good enough. I'm not ready to do the yeah. work. I'm not. 
there's something wrong with me. And I got to my apartment and uh, Ricky, my agent, I was with Don Buckwald and company. I don't know if that name of course, crossed, crossed yeah. your career. Legendary voiceover agent. Right, exactly, right. Um, and, uh, and Ricky uh, uh, called me as she never did to follow up on auditions and said, how'd it go? I said, it was awful. I was awful. I am awful. You should get rid of me. This was a horrible yeah. audition. Terrible. And and, uh, and I got to get off the phone, Ricky. She said, don't forget, you have that All My Children audition this afternoon. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't even know why I agreed to do this thing. And you go. She she had kind of talked me into yeah, it's work, whatever, and you know. And I for, went there for and a I, role and I, and or for and like an under five or like a part? for a role for, for a role. role for a role for the role and for 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 the role. Right. And and I went there and I didn't know anything about any of it, but I I didn't care. I just didn't care. If I get this, if I don't get this, yeah. I'm, You're not, I'm doing this how you win. because yeah, there you are. And I went in, and everything that could go right did go right. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the lobby You're and every, every, everyone's paired off. Everyone's paired off and cute little couples and everything. And yeah. it's me standing there and Mark Lemuro walks through and I knew him from a Kojak episode I'd done right. uh, a while back. And, and uh, he says, who are, you, who are you with? And I said, I don't, uh, I, don't, I should be partner. And in walks this sweet blonde girl who was just, Oh, she was just adorable. And she was so open and kind and lovely and absolutely appropriate for the for the scene that I was doing with her. And we kind of paired off and she was scared and I kind of kind of hustled her through the thing because we gotta go. Who was it? it? We gotta I, I I wish I could remember her name. She right. didn't. Um That's so funny. Yeah. I, I what I didn't know was this was the beginning of this wave of daytime yeah. craziness. Yep. When I started, there were 13 soap operas. There are four now. Okay. Um, uh, they were all doing well, but ABC in particular, that that love in the afternoon yeah. thing. Loving. Uh, got, got to go. Yes, uh, starting, starting with lo love, uh, yeah, loving yeah. Uh, uh, Ryan's Hope, uh, All My Children, One Life to Live, General Hospital, this juggernaut. David O'Brien, my father said, he said, let me give you a piece of advice. He said, when we're not working, he says, always refer to the other soaps and our own soap in French. To say them in French. Because it'll make it seem more serious to you. <laughs> Toutes mes so enfants. Toutes mes enfants. Toutes mes enfants. <laughs> les gens et les... Et les our, our show in France is belle. Le feu de l'amour, the fire of love. The fire of love. But uh, uh, it was, uh, it was crazy. There were 12, yeah. 13 million people watching us every day. It was day. the height of that it, program. It, uh, schools, uh, college campuses were just um, shut down for three hours during the day. Everyone scheduled their classes around this. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor came out of the closet as the, you know, the great general hospital fan, uh, uh, Carol, Bur on the show, Carol, right? Carol Burnett couldn't did she stop. Walk on? Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Carol Burnett couldn't stop talking about all my children. She too uh, came on. I got to work with her on the show. Susan um, Lucci. Uh, uh, Susan Lucci, of course, was was uh, was the, the far and away the most uh, uh, important person there. So I was I was in a, a one of those pretty two-dimensional roles that you described, all of those, you know, the love story kind of things. I was uh, young Locke and Var, the, the, yeah. the, and, and that was my job. But here I am on the soap opera, and, and my first couple of days, I walked in the makeup room and heard people talking about plays they saw last night. I thought, oh, wait a minute. And, uh, and pretty intelligent conversation. And then I'm introduced to Eileen Hurley, Eileen Hurley was uh, was Gertrude to Olivier's Hamlet on the in the film, uh, and then I uh, you know and one by one you're reading my mail here yeah me, oh my gosh I, yeah. I do the show and I, I would say to these people uh, Jim Pritchett Jim Pritchett who played, uh, Jim Pritchett and yeah. uh, uh, Jim Pritchett who looked like Burt Reynolds' father yeah. with that mustache David O'Brien who played my father I could name so many more of them who the theater especially the doctors at Thirty Rock in Midtown, half hour, so much of the cast, um, all theater-centric. O'Brien yep, would get his yep. break, and i said, say, what are you going to do during your break? He said, I'm going to go do King John at the Paper Mill Playhouse. There you are. There you are. And they would pre-tape and spring 
early in the day, the cast who had to be at a Broadway Exactly. Matinee. We had the same thing. We so changed the schedule again and again Amazing. to get people out for curtains. Some very serious yeah. actors yeah. in this exactly. company. Exactly. Exactly. So New York soaps were a great thing because all of these Broadway actors who Come were, in, make our, some dough, were delighted. Welfare, yeah, yeah, medical. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in the old, and the old after contract, yeah. they, see, people don't realize it's like, you know, you're in New York. And people just want to make it, 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 it. It's like what it was. What, what Law and Order also did. Right, right, right. Who the hell wasn't yeah. on Law and Order? You know, I mean, at some point, I mean, it seems like everybody was. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so I'm around people, the David Canaries and the James David Mitchells, Canary. and and I'm telling you what these guys did on these shows. Oh my God, it was fantastic. Yeah. It was absolute. I I, w- I would watch with wonder at what these actors could Taping do. Taping the TV show. Taping our, right, t- yeah. our the show I'm on. Right, right, right. I'm stunned. So eventually, did you have any? I mean, when I'm assuming when you're one of the stars of these shows, and you are indeed one of the stars of these shows during that ten years you were there. Ten years. Uh, do the writers and do the producers come to you and start to say to you, you know? What do you want to do? do they no, that never, ha- that never, never happens. That never, ever happens. Never. No, no. What, what, you, what, what, do you, what do you want to play? Uh, that job came to an end before I was ready for it to come to an end. Why? Uh, and uh, uh, a confluence of things happening at exactly the wrong time, or it turns out exactly the right time. Right, sure. Soap opera star Peter Bergman. I've interviewed one other daytime Emmy winner on this program, and that believe it or not, is Julianne Moore. She won in 1988 for her work as Franny Hughes and Franny's twin sister Sabrina on As the World Turns. The dialogue is so rough, so basic. All you're doing is is establishing story. I used to do what they called emotion. I called it anyway, emotional applique, where if I had to say something that was really just plot oriented, I try to like cry on top of it or laugh on top of it or anything just to make it mean something, sure. right? Sure, Yeah, because it's all exposition. My interview with Julianne Moore, It's Not Just About Soaps, is in our archive at heresthething.org. More with Peter Bergman when we return. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Alec Baldwin, and this is Here's the Thing. Actor Peter Bergman is Jack Abbott on The Young and the Restless, but before then, he was dashing, rich Dr. Cliff Warner on All My Children, married most of the time, to Nina Cortland. Their relationship was on the cover of Soap Opera magazine throughout the 80s. Soaps.com, and if it's not bookmarked, it should be, puts them first in a list of soap opera supercouples. The couple even has its own Wikipedia entry. Nina Cortland was played by Taylor Miller. If I had to name the seven most important women in my life, Taylor Miller sure. would be in there. I, 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 we, sure. we, rode, I remember all their names. We rode the crest of this Gracie daytime Harrison wave was together. my wife. Yeah. Jada Rowland was my mother. Jada Rowland. You're on this juggernaut. Crazy. And, then, and, it, and when it ends, you, you didn't think it was going to end? You weren't prepared for it to end? I wasn't prepared for it to end. They killed uh, you? Uh, 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 no, no. They sent uh, uh, she, uh, Taylor and I off in the sunset. Uh, this is what the audience wants anyway. She's She wants to leave. She wants to go have a family and, and have a life uh, in Chicago with her her, her husband. And and uh, so she's leaving. The so, so we had a brand new produce, executive producer, brand new head writer, had no uh, a, a personal commitment to the history of the show or the character I played or anything. And they kind of said, you know what? We'll just let them both go off in the sunset. You wanted to do his own thing, make his mark and, and producer. And I was just uh, hammered by it. Really? It's going on without me. It, I found a home. And again, this goes yeah. back to the to the military thing. Yeah. I had found a home and I had made myself a member of that family in a big way. And it ended. And how much, how long did you stay after it ended? So They so, notify you, then you got to exactly, hang in Exactly there. right. So they it's let tough. me know uh, uh, in late January and I worked till September 6th. Wow. It was a long time. Yeah. It was nasty and and... I would love to tell you I was strong enough to pick myself up, dust myself off, and and get on to the next thing. And I was thunderstruck by it. My wife was seven months pregnant with our second child. We had just bought the apartment next door and, jo- and joined the two. I met her uh, through a blind date. Uh, 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 my friend Michael had had introduced us. And what was she doing? And, and uh, she was working at 30 Rock. Uh, she worked in uh, NBC Sports for the guy that did contracts for everything. And Where uh, you go on a blind we date? We went to Odeon downtown. Right. Very and uh, with with Michael and and uh, uh, Marion's cousin Beth, uh, 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 who, who who's Michael? Okay, here's a, here's a good twist. Michael Nader, Michael Minor, Michael Minor. Who's that? Any bells? Michael. Michael okay, Minor. I have a story for you. Three years ago, my closest friend in the world died. Not Mike Minor, who lived in my building. Uh, Mike Miner, who was on Petticoat Junction. Mike Miner. He was, I lived in his building. I know that. I know that very well. I live, I live on I 10th I know Street. that very well. Mike I Miner was in my building. I promised myself today, I had no reason to do this, Alec. I'm, I'm on a very busy schedule right now. This was an opportunity to say thank you for being a good guy to my friend Michael in oh. some of his darkest days. Oh. I'm telling you, you're being kind to him outside your building, in your lobby, right would sometimes make his week. Oh, God. And this is a guy who had quite a career. I mean, I said to my wife, I, I, I get a picture from Petticoat Junction, and he's the boyfriend, strapping, good-looking, super handsome guy. And I turn to my wife and I go, that's Mike Miner that we know who lives across the hallway from us. Because yeah. he really smoked himself yeah. to, into yeah. a yeah. therapy. Yeah. Well, he died of, a, died of a lifetime of bad choices. He was, talked to him all yeah. the time, all Struggled the time. to take care of their health. One of the great sense of humors of all time. I don't know if you. I don't, know, I don't know if you ever got. I met him on all my children. He was. I met him on all my children. He was there for a couple of years, and uh, Susan Lucci's uh, boyfriend 
on the show. So, so Michael and I were on All My Children Together, became fast friends. And in that time, uh, 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 Beth McCauley, who's from Massapequa, Long Island. That's where I'm from. I know that. Uh, <laughs> this is weird. But, this is weird. This is weird. So uh, uh, Mike Miner and Beth McCauley from Massapequa um, took us to Odeon. Beth had said, my cousin's here, uh, and said to Michael, um, uh, who can we hook her up with? And he said, she's a redhead. I'll call Bergman. And <laughs> Uh, and that's how uh, I'm married 34 years now. Um, so anyway, we, uh, we we had a, a delicious first date uh, in, nice in New be, York. Especially when you're younger and it's all new. It's uh, nice to be in New York with money in your pocket. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the greatest thing. I had a ticket agent. I had somebody, I called Frank, and I told him I just read about a play I want to see. Yeah. And uh, I would get a monthly bill from Frank. And they were at, at will call. Yeah. I would just go, uh, and I had. When I first moved there, and I had jobs, and I would, you know, I would make a little dough. I mean, it would, I just couldn't stop going to see oh, everything. Just magical it becomes time. An addiction. And uh, and I was able to drag Michael into those kind of things. So your first marriage ends when? While you're on the my, soap. Uh, my uh, my first marriage ends while I'm on the soap. While I'm somewhat new on the soap, uh, and uh, and. Uh, uh, it was, and that in itself is a soap. That in itself is a soap, and that in itself is—I mean, I, I don't know anybody who has a good divorce story. It was just—it uh, wasn't. I uh, don't. It wasn't ugly. You don't. Uh, <laughs> I know that I don't. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know, it was, it was a terrible time. It was—it yeah. it, was—it was really sad, very painful. Cutting away the support system you'd built around yourself for a long time, yeah. and and I'm I'm very proud of the fact that Christine and I did manage to keep a friendship all that time. We had some mutual friends who we stayed in touch with and I was literally at a wedding with her last summer and uh and I, I've loved seeing her her uh, successes everybody, and, everybody uh, worships her and she's she's, so, she's, she's fantastic she's, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, she's, I she's, saw she's the great. closing night of when they did the I don't want to say it was the workshop or whatever whatever you want to call this Early, early, I think was it playwrights when they it was did, it playwrights, yeah. When yeah. they oh, did the, uh, the Greg, Greg Gardens. Gardens. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Yeah. She brought yeah. the house down. Yeah. She's so talented. But when you, how soon after you get divorced, you get remarried? So I got remarried probably three, four years later. Yeah. I married this just amazing woman. Oh, God. Everybody should be loved like I am loved. Yeah. You're lucky. When does L.A. become an idea? Uh, L.A., uh, the, the three things I was not going to do when All My Children ended, I was not going to replace anybody. We, replacements didn't kind of work on All My Children when characters left. Uh, I was not going to do another soap right away. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm doing a soap right now. And I was not moving to L.A. There's no way. What happened? There's no way. I moved to L.A., replaced somebody. <laughs> well, I know that. Like, well, <laughs> whose uh, idea was all so, that? So I'm, uh, I'm uh, unemployed on the, uh, the shores of Fairfield Beach where we had a summer house we'd already paid for. Um, uh, that we, you know, get away, get away. Yeah, Fairfield, right. Connecticut. Everyone else was going out to Long Island and, right. and Fire Island and, and, and the Hamptons. And we went to Fairfield, Connecticut, like and it was swell right yeah. in the water. Uh, and uh, I was walking up and down that beach. And I got a call from my agent saying, um, the young and the restless just called <laughs> and want to know how tall you are. If you are. want to come out here and spend the rest of your <laughs> life, I'm going to pay you bags of money. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was How's that sound? Uh, how how tall they wanted to know am I? And I said, what, what is what? Don't even call them back. So what I didn't know is uh, Young and the Restless had lost an, an actor named uh, 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 Terry Lester, who had played uh, the character of Jack Abbott for ten years, very popular character. He had decided to uh, to, to move on, and uh, and the executive producer was married to one of the stars of the show, and the two of them were off on their way to Canada in a flight, and she had all who these- Who were they? Uh, 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 Melody Thomas-Scott and Ed Scott. Uh, on a flight to Canada, she had some of her soap opera magazines with her, and I'm on the cover of all of them. Uh, I was a, not a likely person to get let go of. Um, uh, I, was right. on, I wasn't People on anybody. It, it was a surprise to everybody, so I was on the cover of all of these magazines. And she turned to Ed, and they'd already tested six guys, and, and it, it had gone, the producer it had that gone from you? us. Uh, that Who was, came in? She I was summarily dismissed in I the hope same she's way selling I was. hot dogs in Toronto. Yes. <laughs> So, so um, uh, Melody Thomas Scott uh, uh, turns to her husband and says, "That's Jack." Wow! 
And uh, he said, okay, we'll find out how tall he is first. Right. So that's how that first call happened. You know, in New York, we always had a very kind of looking down our nose at the Los Angeles soaps. Like in New York, you went to the theater and you went to the symphony and you went to the, uh, you know, restaurants and it was New York. And out here, everybody was fit and everybody looked perfect. Yeah. yeah. You've heard all the names. We yeah. call it the show The Hung and the Breastless. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all those put down names. When you get out here and you start the show. It was night and day. I went from standing in the makeup room talking about the show last night and I got here and everyone was off in their dressing rooms. There were people that were on the same episode that I was on for the first two months I was there, and I never met them. I never clapped eyes on them. I never saw them in the makeup room. Everybody was off in their own world. Probably developing new ideas for something, and, uh, you know, it it was so different than anything. I walked out on the set, and there were cue cards everywhere. Cue cards? Yeah. But here's the cool thing. After 10 years of watching couple of guys have those roles. The role, I've got the role yeah. on this show. It's about you. It's about me. And it's, and this is a mercurial character. One day, the nicest brother anybody could ever have. The next day, a despotic boss and dreadful, manipulative, venal, self-centered idiot. Um, the next day, uh, a, a, a careful, uh, kind lover. The next day, I, it was one of, the, one of the roles. Right. I got one of the roles in daytime, and it took off, and I was there a year and a half when I won my first Emmy. You won three or four? I won three. You've been yeah, nominated for like 500 daytimes? I, I, I don't. A lot. Uh, 20 something. Number 21. Yeah, 21. I'm joking, but yeah, 21. Yeah, yeah, 21 nominations. You were nominated for a lot of them and you won a few. Yeah, and I won a few. And when you were there and you're doing the show, what happens to you in terms of the culture of living in Los Angeles? Um, Slowly, as the kids grow up and I get to coach their basketball teams and we get to meet their friends and and school starts and we get to, and I got to liking it more and more. But the first seven years, I fought this with everything. We kept our apartment for seven years. We kept our apartment on uh, West 90th Street between Central Park West and Columbus for the first seven years. Oh, you're kidding me. We were there. I I lived in the El Dorado for 20 years. Is that so? You were near Trinity. Yeah. I met met my wife. The El Dorado is at the end of that block. block. No, Trinity is on 91st. So you're you're near Turin Liquors. Right there you are. So there, you know, this is, I don't want to get into this now, but it's like, you know, I'm not sure I want to live in New York anymore. Like, I really, yeah, yeah, I get that. The, the, I get, I I get that. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty hard life. Had I to do this all over again, uh, I, as I said, I fought it tooth and nail. I fought that, the, dragged kicking and screaming to the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I, had I to do it over again, the first day I would have bought a surfboard. And the second day, I would have bought a set of golf clubs. Right. And I would have embraced life in, in Southern California. What when was in I? Rome. I was standing there saying, oh, this is a cultural wasteland. Who would live here? Yeah. As soon as this job is over, I'm headed back to New York. Yeah. I fought it with everything in me. Some people do that. Some and people that's right, that's back. right, that's right. No, no, I've, I've come to embrace it. if you're it. healthy, you I mean, I was one of the great LA haters of all time, and you would learn to make peace with it. You, you get a break for how much in your contract? You have off? I have off two weeks in December. That's it. Well, you know, I have, you vac- get an I have, I have vacation time. I have outs in my contract, but Could you the, go do a but, play? The, but the way outs work is is they have to cast it so far ahead of time. Right. I would do a play. Plays are, are harder play harder, to, harder to do. It's quite a while ago. Right, kind of, wow. Quite a while ago. So so it. it uh, it would be. How's the taping schedule change? Because everybody told me, like Kim Zimmer would tell me years ago, when they reconstituted Guiding Light, and they, you know, they, they, they were like, I can't remember whether they were going to cancel it or they did cancel it or whatever. And they said to them, well, "We're going to shoot multiple episodes. We're going to we're going to yeah, block yeah, shoot." Yeah, yeah, that's that's, Is that's that what the, you're doing that's now. That, that's the norm now. So you so are. so we we tape five or six shows in four days. We only work uh, Tuesday through Friday, um, and o- not because it gives the actors a break, but because it's less expensive and. And uh, and we, pretty much everything's in one take, which which is both good and bad. Uh, uh, if if I can get time with you to rehearse in our dressing rooms, let's do it in one take. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My my first take's always good. my best. Yeah, always has been. Uh, doing third and fourth take, that's what I don't. If understand. I like the when, material, when, my first take. When, when you when you are doing film and somebody's asking you for take nine. 
I don't know how you do that. I'd go out of my mind. I'd start adding words. I'd start, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 like, I like to do six or eight takes myself yeah, that's it was just to play with it but, but but for me it's like you know you know that that i don't like to do 30 takes i've been i've been around oh, yeah, people yeah, like that yeah, who are yeah, a little uh, nutty yeah but but every everything's in one take we we do things uh very well if you flub we'll pick it up, pick it up. Uh, but uh but uh for the most part uh, in scenes with me um and i say this is uh, with as much modesty as i can muster um my job is to find you and you and I are going to build this scene together. They, sometimes they don't have time to direct at all. Right. So what you, the conversation you and I have about what has to happen in this right. scene is 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 is, is 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 a critical critical the directors conversation. Are flight controllers. They yeah. are. They, they and and not because they're any less than the directors we once had, but because it's going so fast. They are in a pressure cooker. They're making yeah. camera shots work like crazy because we're directing on the fly with camera changes and things like that. So so it's up to actors. So we've run this. You and I know this thing inside out before we ever go out there. Or I, or I haven't done my job. When I did 30 Rock, they always gave me like the real lengthy speeches. I would do, my, the character was oh, windy yeah. and they'd have them, and I would hold forth for like a page and a yeah, half, two yeah, pages. Yeah, and I never memorized the night before because I knew they would change it. And I, I knew I'd come in and yeah, say, you know, we don't something? have that. Yeah. So I would sit down yeah. in the makeup chair and memorize. And I was a good study. And, and I, and, and you have always, to do. You have but, to you do. What kills me, people don't get this. They say to me, uh, I would have, you know, quite a few people. During my career, they say, boy, you're very good at memorizing your lines. You do this so quickly. I said, I was on a soap. Yep. I said, I was on a soap. Yep. We had to memorize. If it was a 30-page script, I was in 23 pages of it. And I said the same thing 15 different ways. Greta, I love you. Greta, please don't leave me. Greta, please. Don't you understand, <laughs> yes, Greta? Yes, yes. You know, the, the, those environments, it's intense even before this block shooting now when they were in the old way where you shot a show a yeah, day, maybe. It's pressure. It's a pressure cooker. Uh, uh, and the peacock uh, men, I'm not getting into like yeah, the show yeah, yeah. your show, but the peacock men, men who are the leads, men who drive the show, people don't understand that there's a little competition there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to hold your own, but uh, it, it demands a kind of faith in each other that I'm not just protecting my character. How about I make you look really good and you make me look really good? This is this is the Peter hopefully. Bergman school of doing yeah, this, hopefully. and and I can I can beat you down if you if you want to if you want to yeah. go toe to toe uh, where you're going to embarrass me or you're going to to uh, in a scene Take me on. in a scene in daytime I call log rolling in a scene in daytime television yeah. you're not going to do that to me no. No, Unlikely. that much I can handle. And so when you say, you know, the 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 big guys uh, uh, protecting their turf, there's a little bit of that. But I hate that I've stuff. Had, I, had, yeah. I had a little I, bit of that. Uh, now, yeah. now, for you, one, one last thing, a couple of last things I want to ask you. Um, the, uh, you know, the soap opera culture, the fans, right. David O'Brien said to me, they know you. They watch you every day. It's not like nighttime TV. Right. He said they right. see you right. every day. Right. And he said a relationship has formed. And, he's, and when they meet you, they're ready for that relationship to go to the next level. Yeah. yeah. Intimacy so so, so there are different kinds of fame. Uh, uh, someone runs into Robert Redford on the street. What do you really say? Um, hey, I liked, liked your, uh, your movie with uh, uh, I Love the Natural. Um, yeah. Butch what, Cassidy. What, what, what are you, Butch Cassidy? Usually you know, they just yeah. say, oh, my uh, God. Uh, right, right. Like um, me, they could have a half-hour conversation with me without ever discussing me or the role I play. A half-an-hour discussion. So there is this kind of sense of ownership that we run into uh, quite often with this kind of fame that, that oh, he's in my living room every day. Of course I know yes. him. I'm not going to back off. I'm going to talk to him. Who is Jack married to now? Jack is not married right now. He's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've lost four wedding rings uh, by my characters not being married and being out on the set and having the wardrobe guy go, psst, psst, yeah. and pointing to my ring finger. Oh, yeah. And I take it off and I put it in my costume, never to see it again. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I safety pin it yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. If, I, if I lost my yeah. wedding, my but, wife. Uh, but I know Jack's not married right now, and uh, and Jack is, uh, uh, Jack is now uh, de facto the head of the Abbott family, and there are really only two big families in town, the Newmans and the Abbotts. And 30 years. 30 years. How do you want Jack to go out? Or can you even say? You're trying to think about You know, that? There, uh, I, I, I want him to be dragged off to prison for putting Victor 
through a wall. There's a character who's been his his nemesis for the entire time he's been there. Braden. And uh, Braden, yeah. And 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 it is written in the stars that he has to win every battle. Victor, uh, Eric Braden's character. Always wins. Always, always wins. I want to win one, one major rematch. battle and be dragged out screaming the, at the, at the, the, at the, at the off to the penitentiary. Yes. That's my Jack's last day. You're in Rome. I like it. And by the time the battle is over, you're holding him down. And, go, and, and like in and, Cape Fear. And, and as we close in on his face, he has to make the choice. Do you pull up? But I've just been through too much. I'm just going to hold his face down. If, over 30 years, hundreds of writers and producers had forced you to lose to your arch-enemy over and over again, well, you might have that kind of fantasy, too. The kind, gracious, and very talented Peter Bergman appears today and tomorrow and the day after that at 12.30 on your local CBS station. That's 11.30 Central. I'm Alec Baldwin, and this is Here's the Thing. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.